So to start, uh, tell us your names and uh, what brings you to the symposium today. Uh, my name is Chris Sito. Um, and I'm Shui Sun, and we're collaborators, and we're dance makers and dancers. Oh, great. Yeah, and we have a company called Vessels. Okay, very nice. And after this session uh, about the Creative New York Report, uh, one of the questions that was posed to the panelists to open up the discussion was, are you an optimist or a pessimist about, I guess, the current funding environment and the future of the arts? Are you guys optimists or pessimists, and why? I think optimists. I think as a generation, we're not necessarily relying on institutions anymore, government funding to fund our art. I think we're seeing a culture of, like a lot of, uh, yeah. yeah, intersections between like, yeah, art and, and technology, especially, is interesting and just. Yeah, it's social media and just um, an outburst of like new sources and new ways to like fund your art. Great. Yeah, yeah. I think crowdsourcing is such a huge thing, and whether or not that's sustainable yet is is to be decided. But I think it's very empowering to our generation to be like, I can choose who I'm putting my money towards and what type of art I want to fund. And I think as as our generation gets older, that's optimistic in the sense that, like, as as our generation rises up in the ranks and rises up in economic um, power, we will have the opportunities to fund the art that we want to fund. Were there any points in the discussion today that you found the most interesting or enlightening or maybe something that you hadn't considered before? It's just so interesting that art is such a reflection of society and, like, the people that, you know, exist in this like ecosystem together, you know, and that um, how you choose to participate in that ecosystem will then inform everything about like your art and your life. It's very pressing for like this generation to like stand up and say like, no, this is the kind of society that we want to make. This is who I want to vote for president. This is who, this is what I want with life. And this is like universal healthcare, you know, art, universal art, education you know it's feeling empowered by that rather than like again pessimistic about it important realization for me i think the statistics were like it was depressing <laughs> and, and enlightening all the same because i think we all know it yeah. and feel it and feel like we all want to be doing more for each other and want to be like feeling secure in our ability to to live and make art and and so it was enlightening in that sense in that like we're actually seeing confirming what we know but then the work that we have to do yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting lot. to me that as young dance makers and collaborators yourselves you still feel optimistic have you had success in fundraising for performances or how do you manage to present your work um, in this environment we haven't done any fundraising yet. Uh, we're just starting out, but we've had a lot of great opportunities. Like, we just finished a, a thing in Queens um, for this emerging choreographer series um, put together by this wonderful theater company, Mari Nostrum Elements. And what they did is they took young choreographers and they gave us space. And, like, every week we would meet and have panel discussions, and we were able to have a budget to pay dancers and costuming and, and things like that. And of course we would love more money, but I think it's these kernels of like opportunities that, that people are really putting together and creating for themselves that I think 
is great. And also, what happened after our show is like an old friend who does work in banking and finance, you know, came up to us and he was like, "If you guys ever need help fundraising, let's have a meeting." You know, so I feel like a lot of it is like personal relationships. Like we can't just be artists, right? We can't just stay in like art bubble and like expect. Things to just like come right. It's not like working within the system, but like branching out and like making those personal connections with people that will right. end up like supporting you and sustaining you. Right. Yeah. Wearing many hats and developing many partnerships. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Follow Vessels, our dance company, um, on Instagram at underscore vessels underscore v e s s e l s underscore v e s s e l s underscore. Great. Yes, okay. follow us. Uh, my name is Putri Ranka Manis. That's my artist name. Okay. And my legal name is Putri Ranka Manis Kianenor. So, and okay. I usually in New York, I'm like, oh, just remember people for poetry. Okay. <laughs> so it will not be mispronounced. So I came to New York 1990 as a nurse. But consciously, I've been an artist. I mean, I think it became part of my tradition that we were trained uh, storyteller, artists, you have to learn the legends, epics, and myths of our uh, where it came from. Uh, I came from a very old sultanate in the Philippines, in, in, in Mindanao. So um, the tradition that I bring here is actually dated 4th to 10th century. Wow. Yeah. And then, so I'm using that and the epics that is actually chanted to transform that into New York, but still faithful to the language, the dances, the garb, and then so telling the story. But at the same time, I interweave a modern um, theme, like okay. which is hist historical. This is a history that is not even known to Filipinos or Americans. These are stories when America went to the Philippines and colonized the Philippines. Stories that I think systematically hidden from us, huh. ignored. Interesting. Yeah. So, plus our epics is not even much known to, to Filipinos. Because the Philippines was uh, colonized for 400 years by the Spaniards. And the island where I came from is the only island who fought against that colonization. So, ah. so I, grew, I grew up in a community that retained that ancient culture. Wow. Mm -hmm. So consciously when I came to America, I was already bringing musical instrument, my garb, all this hundred and... And I started as a solo dancer. I call libraries, uh, museums, whatever, giving free performances. And then eventually I was able to attract some attention. And because I'm a nurse, I tried to recruit my nurses. And they said, I'm crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we're doing that. There's Broadway here, there's ballroom dancing. I said, okay, yeah. but I'm thinking. So I said, give me your kids. I'll babysit them for you for free this weekend. Mm -hmm. So who don't like free babysitting? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I live in a nurse's home, like a home for my hospital during the time. Oh. Mm -hmm. So they give me all their kids for free babysitting for two days. They go wherever they want. I said, next week too, I'll babysit. And the third week, I said, I'll babysit for free. They didn't know that I'm teaching dance to those kids already. Mm -hmm. The fourth week, I said, no more babysitting. You're not going anywhere. You drive us to the library. 
was like, why? You're going to see your baby perform. So I started that way. All those kids became my intermission. I'm the main dance. So while they are, well, I'm going to change costume, they dance. No matter what, they're kids, they're cute. They don't have to be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so as they grow, they became the main dance. I became the intermission. And so with my kids, my, the teacher now is my daughter. Oh, Two of them. The music, we have live music, the gong music, is my youngest daughter. And the eldest daughter is the one who teaches the dance. But besides, I made them go study other dance forms, other classical dance forms. So they have a comparison and also the relationship. Like I, I made them dance Bharatanatyam because the 4th to 10th century Philippines is actually of Hindu tradition, Sanskrit. They're part of Sri Vijaya Empire of India. So our stories are related to Ramayana and Mahabharata. Wow. We have our own version. So you will see that too in Malaysia and Indonesia because used to be we were called Donya Malaya Nusantara until the Europeans came and divided us. So I let them study other dances, Indonesia, Burmese, Korean, all the other classical Asian dances. So they would recognize the relationship and the differences, how, how it evolved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and the similarities of the stories. And then I became part of Lotus Fine Arts that sent us all over performances and also school educational, you know, education. And also we related ourselves to Native Americans. Mm -hmm. So every year we go there in the Strawberry Harvest Festival to dance for free so we can fundraise to buy back their land. And uh, right now we continually give classes on Sundays at uh, La Mama rehearsal space mm -hmm. at 47 Great Jones, 4 to 6 p.m. And then we are going to have a regular show every year at La Mama for kids, as La Mama kids. Otherwise, we're called all over libraries, museums for different performance storytelling. I think this year we have a lot of children's program as of January up to March, up to April, we have a lot of children's program. So we have main shows also that tell that stories. It goes for two weeks at La Mama. We can perform that anywhere. Like Lincoln Center awesome. asked us to perform it one day. Oh, nice. And Congratulations. And uh, Smithsonian and Kennedy wow. Center. Okay. Very nice. So tell us, what was the panel discussion that you participated in today at Dance Symposium? Equity, space, and budget, which is actually I, to me, the way I look at it, that's the core of this symposium. Mm -hmm. Because I grew up in the world of art where I don't have to buy food because I will just, if I need guavas, I go to the trees. If I need potato, we'll just dig the soil. Wow. You know, so this is the indigenous life until the right. four-wheel drive went there and into this corporate farming. So this kind of consciousness, which is now, you know, the capitalist consciousness of America where Everything is a commodity. So that's what we're going to work for as artists. I think we have to put ourselves together and empower ourselves to really get what we deserve because art is the soul of a population. Yes, it and is. And if we lose it, what's the use of life, you know? Right. Absolutely. So we really have to put ourselves together, empower ourselves to get the budget that we need to. Great. All right? Yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you.